Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back with you guys again for another episode of our Press Box series, show in which I'm joined by one of our colleagues over at Football.London and I'm very happy to be joined by Kaya Karnak. How are you, mate? You well? I'm good, mate. Thank you. I've had a very nice weekend. Spurs lost, Arsenal won, United lost as well. Went to June last night, Everton lost. Yeah, perfect weekend from an Arsenal perspective. Amazing stuff. How was June? I, I hear good things. It was good. But yeah, it was good. I'm not get, normally you know... someone... Yeah, I don't <laughs> normally go for all those sci-fi kind of um, movies. It's not really my kind of thing. But yeah, I, I saw it in IMAX. It was long, but it was good. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the. This, this, this seems to be the thing at the moment. Three-hour films is. I, I hope yeah. they don't do that for football matches because ninety minutes. Yeah. You know, they they threatened <laughs> that whole hundred or what is it? They shorten it and then stop the clock with when it goes out of play. Have you seen these oh proposals? Gosh. Yeah, it's Burnley really games take years. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they end up changing the game so often that it could actually come into fruition. One yeah, day you never know. Crossed. You never know. You never know indeed. But what we do know is that Arsenal battered Aston Villa on Friday and it was a privilege to, to be at the ground and watch the game. Kaya, give me your reactions to Arsenal's 3-1 win over Aston Villa. I think it was the best Arsenal played all season. I think it was much better than the Spurs game for the reason that um, the levels were just kept as high um, for a very long time. Spurs, I think, was a good like, 10, 15-minute burst. And then within Arsenal didn't really need to play beyond that. The game had been won. Um, this time, the goals were a bit more spaced out. Obviously, one came in the second half, um, one right on the stroke of half-time, the final pick of the half. So it was it was, it was was good. I, we, what we were looking for from that Crystal Palace game and what was lacking was that intensity. Um, mm. Arsenal started fast and then they dropped off massively. I think you guys covered it quite well in your tactical sort of analysis show, you and Josh. And yeah, after this time around, I haven't seen the tactical breakdown in terms of minutes, but I think it would, I assume it would be relatively consistent because Arsenal didn't take their foot off the gas. They were dominant throughout the first half dominant for most of the second half and yeah it's, it's really reassuring to see and I think the best half have played all season yeah, I'm looking forward to getting as quick as I can onto that tactical analysis side of things and, and that'll probably be out on on Wednesday because of how close the Leeds game is. I think we're yeah. going to look at both of them in, in unison on Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to get all of that content. But I imagine, I agree with you, I think it will show it a lot more balanced. Uh, some Arsenal fans have even said it might have been one of, if not the best performance under Mikel Arteta, which is quite a claim. But I suppose when you, the context is of how poor we've been in a few games this season, <laughs> when you see us play so well in that that game it is quite a, a significant step up and, and contextually I suppose it, it shines but there are obviously some individual performances that were really really good on the day and we saw some really good kind of combination play of a lot of the players on the left hand side with Nuno Tavares and uh, Emil Smith-Rowe but also Arteta went for the decision to use both Lacazette and Aubameyang together what did you make of that dynamic and do you think it's something that he might now choose to stick with going forward? Um, I th so I, I I did a predicted lineup before the game and I couldn't see how Lacazette was going to play. So Mikel mm. Arteta did a good job of finding ways to get him in there. It's not how we've seen Lacazette play with Aubameyang in the past. He's played number 10 in the past behind Aubameyang. It's not really worked. I think he played there in the North London derby at uh, mm. Spurs last season when Arsenal lost 2-0 and put in about 50 crosses in the same game or something. And it didn't, didn't really work then. The difference this time was... They were much closer together, the two of yeah. them. And Lacazette was, he worked himself into the ground. That's why he had to come off after 60 minutes because he was he was everywhere. He was, he was close to Smith-Rowe, he was close to Saka, he was close to the midfield, and he was also getting forward to be close to Aubameyang. So it meant Arsenal had more players in the box, which helped. I think Villa had a back three on the day, which obviously 
sometimes when you're a lone striker against a back three and you get isolated, that can be difficult. So it meant that Bamiang didn't get stuck up front on his own. And then they had someone to link play nicely with uh, Smith Rowe, who was obviously fantastic. And it worked really well. Um, whether Arsenal will use it going forward, I think they will in some games. Um, I think it's it's a, I think a wake-up call for Martin Erdegaard, who maybe would, would have thought that he was the guy in that position and that if he wasn't, then Smith Rowe was going to play there. But things have changed now and Arteta has found a new solution, which is good for Arsenal. I think they'll probably use it next week against Leicester. Leicester also generally play with a back three. Um, and I think it will be weird to change a winning formula now. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a good thing that Arsenal stumbled across. And um, I, I'd like to see it. I don't think it will happen in every game, just because I don't think Lacazette can play every game. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see why it can't work for the short term. Yeah, neither do I, to be honest. I think it's going to be something that... Arteta does like these kind of, not seasonal, but you know what I mean? When he finds a couple of things that click and uses them for a few games until the other team or the other managers kind of work out. Yeah, he does that. It's not always the best of things. We think last season he had that with Xhaka at left back and sometimes Mm. it sort of blinds him from it. So I think teams will work out how to play uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang together as a two, but I think they do work nicely together. They do have a good partnership. Obviously, they're good friends off the field. But playing-wise, they seem to combine with each other quite nicely. They're both very different centre-forwards. So it works quite well as a sort of fire and ice type uh, duo. But yeah, it's, it's nice for Arsenal that they found a way to get their two best goal scorers onto the pitch. And unsurprisingly, more goals came as a result of that. The the Northland and Derby, the feeling after that game was quite similar in the, in the days after. It was kind of like a, a massive high after getting that result against a, a tough opposition. Aston Villa, I, I include in that, are a tough, a tough side to, to get a result. They did the dub, double over us last season, so you've got to pay them re- the respect they reserve, they deserve. And you've definitely seen them improve their side. They've lost Grealish, but they've added some really crucial players to their side and they've played some good stuff. But do you did you get a feeling after this game that was slightly different to the Spurs match in the sense that after the North London derby, Arsenal dipped in those games against Brighton and then Crystal Palace and weren't able to necessarily carry on that momentum. Did you get a different sense after this game that we might see something different in the next league game? It's difficult to say because Arsenal are the youngest team in the league, so they're going to be inconsistent. That's something Arsenal we're just going to have to accept. That's going to happen this season from one week to the next. We don't really know what kind of team we're going to get. And that's just the reality of having a really young squad. Um, I think... The signs positive were that, obviously, from Crystal Palace, when the team really tailed off, almost immediately afterwards, the feedback was from Arteta and from what we were hearing out the dressing room was they knew it wasn't good enough and they knew it had to change. And they've learned their lesson. And obviously, it's easier said than done to keep up intensity like that for long periods. But obviously, there's a Leeds game to get out of the way first. But they go to Leicester next week, which will be a much sterner test than Villa. Villa are a good good side, but they played really poorly on Friday. I think that's because Arsenal made them play poorly and Arsenal were so superior rather than necessarily Villa being a terrible team. But (laughs) less will obviously be a more tricky test and it'll be interesting to see whether they're able to keep that momentum going. I think I would like to think that they can because Leicester themselves have shown a few weaknesses. They've obviously started to pick up form a bit recently, but I think, yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal will be hopeful that they can keep up the momentum, but with the young team, it's, there's no way of really knowing for sure. Lastly, on the Villa game, because I, I feel like I'm ignoring it if I don't talk about it, our left-hand side was was really solid. Um, one of the things I picked up from the game in, in one of our pieces was talking about how uh, Tavares and Emil Smith-Rowe linked up 30 times um, in combination, which was 13 more times than any other pairing of any other pair on the pitch uh, for both sides. So it does show that connection. It's actually when we played Spurs in the North London derby, Tierney and Smith-Rowe linked up 
just 13 times. So it shows kind of that step up and how much further forward, I suppose, Tavares is, is willing to go. And I think Gabriel's strong performance at left centre-back definitely enabled him to be a lot more chaotic uh, for the opposition. With Tierney's fitness, we know it's an issue, but this injury isn't, we're not expecting it to be a, a big, big problem for us. And it's just no. kind of a short-term thing. When he does return and he will return, how does Arteta manage this situation? Because do you continue to reward the, the young guy for putting in such a great performance? Or do you acknowledge that Tierney is on paper the better left back and our starting left back and slot him straight back in? Um, just before I answer your question, I'll throw in Albert Samuel Okonga for a little bit of praise for that left-hand side because he was playing oh, yeah, absolutely. left side of central midfield. He was sublime on the day. Um, I think Tavares knew what he was coming into when he signed for Arsenal. He knew he wasn't going to be first choice. He knew certainly not immediately. And I think he knows that when Kieran Tierney's fit, nine times out of ten, he's going to end up on the bench. And that's something I think he will have to come to terms with. I don't. I think Tavares was good. But at the same time, I don't think that we can expect him to be like that every single game. I, we've not seen it consistently from him at any stage in his career. He's never had enough games. He was very young when he broke into... Sorry, it was quite recently that he broke into the Benfica side before he came to Arsenal. So um, if I were Mikel Arteta, I would go back to Kieran Tierney just because he's the guy who you're giving a contract extension to. He's the guy who you're talking about making your captain one day. He's also the guy who created more chances from open play than any other player last season. So... He's someone who, when he's on his game, he's the most important, one of the most important parts of the Arsenal attack. And I think he's he's capable of the kind of performance we saw Nilo Tavares put in. Maybe not in terms of the amount of shots Tavares put off and the, the right-footed sort of crossfield switches that were really nice to watch. But I think it's just a, a really good thing that Arsenal have two good left-backs, but they've not had it for a very long time. I think arguably since Monreal and Gibbs, those were two solid left-backs. They've not really had a consistently solid duo of left back since that time so yeah now it's good and I think whatever happens whatever Mikel Arteta does him and Edu I put a tweet out about this actually I got quite a lot of stick for saying it was an obvious spot but no, him and Edu deserve not. not on credit. Twitter well exactly <laughs> not on Twitter not, not abused on Twitter but the the feedback I got was that it was an obvious spot but I think they deserve credit for bringing in Tavares because he is the right profile of player for what Arsenal want to do in terms of the attack and last season when Kieran Tierney was out injured, even if it was just something as small as a bruised ankle that kept him out for one or two games, that would have been a full-blown crisis for Arsenal. It's, it's not anymore. And the reason for that is excellent recruitment by Arsenal in the summer. And I still have my doubts about Nuno Tavares. I think he does everything at 100 miles an hour, which is great to watch, but also quite scary. Just because I think there will be times where he's caught out of position defensively. And I, I saw that a bit in a couple of his Carabao Cup cameos or performances this season. So... I wouldn't start him ahead of Kieran Tierney just yet. He'll probably start against Leeds Tavares, so we'll see if he's able to keep up the performance there. If he is, mm. then maybe he's in with a shout for Leicester, but I'd still have Tierney as my first choice. Fair play. Um, speaking of Leeds and the changes that will be made, are you expecting big changes? I mean, against Wimbledon, we saw quite a strong squads in that game and Arteta has spoken about wanting to keep the momentum and, and kind of keep that those winning runs going, the unbeaten run going more importantly. But there are a lot of players in this squad that aren't playing much at all right now. And you, you do need to try and find that balance and it's incredibly difficult. So how do you see him tackling this game and team selection? I think we will see big changes. I think um, he mentioned before uh, the Villa game that there were a few players who were sort of on the verge of being injured. So that will come into it. I'm expecting Bernd Leno to come back. I'm expecting a completely changed back four, except for Tavares, who we mentioned 
Um, expecting changes in the midfield. I think Maitland-Niles and El Elneny will come in for Lekonga and Partey. I don't think we'll see Smith-Rowe play. I'd be surprised if we saw Saka play. I'd be surprised if we saw Aubameyang play. Maybe mm. Lacazette will play, but I think now that he's sort of established himself as a member of the first team, I can't see it. So I would expect as many as nine, ten changes for that mm. Leeds game. I think Odegaard be, might come back in as well. Yeah, Odegaard could yeah. come back in. Pepe could come back in. Players like that. So it wouldn't be a weak side by any means. Mm. I think Arsenal have a really strong squad. So that's where it comes into its own. And they're they're capable of competing on two and three fronts in the future. So, yeah, I think those players need games. And Mikel Arteta knows he's going to have to call on them at any minute. Someone like Tavares, someone like Lukonga, they wouldn't have been expecting to play as much as they have done, but they're playing yeah. a fair amount. So those guys need to be kept sharp and they need to be ready. So games like the ones against Leeds, especially for keeping morale high around the place, are going to be crucial if Mikel Arteta wants to sustain a long-term challenge this season. The same questions kind of arise about the League Cup game that were there for Wimbledon, even though the level of opposition is much bigger. And there is always excitement around the opportunity for fans to see players that they've not yet seen that yet that are coming through the youth ranks. And because Arsenal's under 23 squads, as you know, from visiting London Colney and speaking to head of academy, Peter Matazaka, which is a video that's doing really well on the channel. So if you have um, not checked it out already, please do go watch uh, Kaya's chat with, with Pear. It goes into lots of detail about what's going on and uh, it's got a lot of good feedback so far as well so congrats on that video it was very good thanks, um, thanks. But in regards to kind of where you see the possibility of more young players like Patino is a big name that comes up Salah of course is doing really well for the, for the 23s and people are getting excited about him you've got some younger players in the defence and Flo Balogun who hasn't got any opportunities really bar the start of the season when everyone was injured or ill he hasn't really had that chance so far so do you see any of those young kids getting a chance in this game um, Salah, no. I think he's not quite there yet in terms of um, players that we've seen really impressed. Maybe on the bench, but I don't think he'll play. I think ahead of him in the pecking order is Charlie Patino, who Mikel Arteta said was close, but I'd be surprised if he started just because he plays defensive midfield or deep line midfield, leads press really high. So that would be quite the baptism of fire, sorry, to throw him into for his first ever senior appearance. I think if you're a midfielder, a game like Leeds is really tough. You need mm. to be solid on the ball and you need to be able to bounce back when you make mistakes because it's going to happen. And I don't know if there's anything at under-23 level which is quite like the kind of press that Leeds are going to provide, even if it's a much-changed Leeds side for a Carabao Cup game. And Leeds have got lots of injuries. Marcelo Bielsa only has one way of playing. So I would be surprised if Arteta threw them in for such a, sort of a difficult test. Flo Balligan, I think, could get a chance. I, I would I'd be disappointed if he doesn't get the opportunity. I'd be, I'd be quite disappointed, actually, if Eddie Nketiah plays ahead of him. Um, Eddie is a guy who he scored a lovely goal in the last round, mm. but he's not going to be here for the long term. And Flo Balogun is. I think Flo Balogun needs the chance to put himself in the shot window for a move in January, uh, a loan move in January. Mm. And I think tomorrow's game would be the perfect chance for that. The Leeds game would be the perfect chance for that. So no Lacazette, probably. No Aubameyang, probably. Seems like the perfect chance to play Flo Balogun up front against a lead defence, which is going to be carrying a lot of injuries. And yeah, hopefully he'd be able to take advantage and score some goals in a really important match for us. Uh, King says, big up Tom and Kaya. Uh, would you keep the same back four as we played against Crystal Palace? Um, and of course, the one we used against Aston Villa too, so that they can get even more game time and should Balogun and Martinelli start? I know you touched upon Balogun briefly, but Martinelli and that back four, you said earlier that you would probably make a lot of changes bar Tavares. So would yeah. you 
would you make those changes? And Martinelli, how do you see him fitting into the game? Martinelli, I'm hoping he doesn't start on the right wing again. I just think his best position is on the left. And he did a good yeah. job against Wimbledon on the right. Uh, let's be honest about that. But um, yeah, I prefer to see him on the left. I think if you're going to play him, you might as well give him the best chance to succeed. And then Arsenal, like we say, with injuries, uh, Saka might might pick up an injury. He nearly did ahead of the Villa game. Players can pick up injuries. Smith Rowe was carrying an injury going into the Villa game. So they need players like Martinelli fit and firing and confident. So I think it would make sense to play him on the left. Um, for the back four, I would change it. Yeah, I'd change it big time. That entire back five, except for Tavares, who I think Kenny's not quite fit. And maybe Kalasnats could come in for him, but I wouldn't do that myself. I'd keep Tavares on the side. Um, yeah, just because I think Rob holding these games, Pablo Marini's these games, um, Alan Chambers or Cedric, whoever he goes for it right back, they need games. Same for Bernd Leno. So, yeah, you've got to make changes and you've got to have centre-back sharp because uh, central defence is a position where I think it's quite important to be as sort of match ready as possible just because you need to be so switched on all the time so yeah Rob Holding and Pat Memory would be my defensive pairing for that Leeds game uh, Diddley Squat says Leeds' first team has a lot of injuries so I doubt they'll risk more in our cup game I expect a lot of changes in their lineup and just taking a brief look uh, Robin Cock Luke Ayling and Patrick Bamford are all injured at the moment um, and three obviously big players in their first team that they're missing do you think Bielsa considering kind of their the, the issues they're having in form in the league will look at it either in the sense that this is a chance to trying to get an upturn in form and to get a bit of a spring ball forwards or do you think he sees the Premier League game at the weekend as a much more of a big priority and will make wholesale changes too? I don't think Bielsa really cares too much about the Cups uh, from what we've seen of him mm. with Leeds. To be fair, when um, Leeds did come to Arsenal in the FA Cup a few seasons ago when they were still in the Championship, they played mm. a very strong lineup that night. Um, I think Bamford played, then White played that night as well actually. So, mm. They, they, they played a strong team in that game. They could do the same again tomorrow night. I'd be surprised because Leeds are struggling a bit in the Premier League right now. They've only got one win so far this season. They need to start picking up some more results. So I'd be surprised, with, especially with those amount of injuries. No, uh, no Robin Bock, uh, no uh, Ailing, no Bamford. Players like that It's going to be really hard without them. So, yeah, I think they need to probably rest some players. But Bielsa, he's, he, he's a man unto his own sort of... <laughs> I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. He doesn't really play by anyone else's rules. He'll do whatever he, he wants. So he's enigmatic. Maybe. Is what he is. Yeah, enigmatic. <laughs> enigmatic. So we might not think it's the strength, the right thing to do, but you know, who knows with Marcelo Bielsa, anything could happen with that league. Absolutely. Player. Absolutely. Just looking at their side that they used against Fulham, they drew 0 0 and, and won on penalties against Fulham. Uh, Roberts played up top with Rodrigo, Click, Shackleton, Somerville, and Dan James played. Uh, Junior Furpo at left back, who's barely, I mean, We've barely heard anything about Junior Furpo since he arrived from Barcelona this season whatsoever. Dallas, Cresswell, Calvin Phillips played in a defensive role and, and Meslier was still in goal despite them having, of course, a backup keeper in, in, their, in their midst. But uh, it is unpredictable. Be able to that was, yeah, really I mean, that's quite yeah. a strong lineup for Leeds. I've mm. got um, a mate who's a, a big Leeds fan, so I, I get uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff about <laughs> Leeds coming through. He's gonna a lot of moaning game, at so. the moment, I imagine. A lot of moaning. No, he's actually very positive. I mean, they're, I think yeah. they're all quite um, understanding about the fact of how many injuries they've got and they're all very comfortable in Marcelo Bielsa. So I think, yeah, that, that Leeds team is quite a strong Leeds team from what, I, from what I hear of those names. So I, maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe they'll play a stronger side than I was expecting. 
Possibly so. Food for the Soul says, good content as always, guys, and, and went on to ask you a question about their squad, which we've obviously now touched upon. And Kunjin says, hi, Tom and Kai. I feel you guys are the most trusted Arsenal news journalist. Kudos for your great work. Thanks, thanks, Kunjin. Really appreciate the kind words. Um, AA Ron says, Kaya, what do you think is Arteta's plan with Nketiah? Why did he play against Wimbledon? Is Arteta trying to convince him to stay by giving him minutes? I think, uh, interestingly, post-match, what uh, Mikel Arteta spoke about with Eddie Nketiah was how he was setting an example for how to conduct himself in training. Given that he knew he wasn't going to be playing in Premier League games, he's not been included in any of the Premier League squads. You look, Aubameyang and Lacazette both started on Friday, but Nketiah still couldn't make the bench. So mm. that says where he is in sort of Arteta's plans right now. But I think the, the reason, yeah, he played, as I mentioned, was to sort of send a message about if you want to get into this side, you have to train hard. And if you train hard, I'm going to give you chances. And I think, I guess the rest of the squad will have seen Nketiah doing well on the training ground and someone yeah. who's maybe not got a future at Arsenal, but is still being rewarded. So maybe that was what Arteta was trying to do um, in terms of playing him against Wimbledon. I would hope that he's not going to do that again against um, Leeds, just because I really want to see Flo Balogun play. I've watched him for the under-23s and he's mm. sensational. He's so good at that level, too good for that level. So... I want to see him play. I want to see him get chances. And um, I think Eddie's had his chance. I don't want to be too harsh on him. Uh, maybe he'll be extra motivated because, of course, he had that time on loan at Leeds and it didn't work out. So a bit of narrative there. But honestly, I think Eddie Nketiah has had his opportunity and it's passed him by. And Flo Balogun hasn't had that chance. So now it's mm. time for the next guy to step up. Yeah, no, it is. I think it is an opportunity now for Arsenal to, to just look to move on from Nketiah. It's if he's not, they've put a contract offer on the table. He's not accepted it. To, to give more investment in him now would be a little counterproductive. So I agree with you. Uh, and Flo, as you say, is, is smashing it uh, under twenty three level as you would expect him to for a player of his quality. Before we wrap up, uh, there was one more topic that I wanted to discuss uh, after kind of covering the the Aston Villa and the lead stuff, and it's slightly away from from Arsenal and England, uh, of course, back in front. France and William Saliba has been getting on very well at Marseille and had a really good evening last night against PSG. Came out of a clean sheet um, and impressed with quite a few of the statistics that he was throwing up from the game. And there's an amazing last-ditch challenge on, on Kylian Mbappe, which has gone obviously viral as you would expect it to. What what do you make about the um, his kind of loan spell so far this season? We've not really touched upon him too much when me and you have had a conversation on the press box. So I'm, I'm intrigued as to your thoughts and, and how you think Arsenal sees him going forwards. Um, so I put out a piece this afternoon, actually, and the information we've heard at Football London from the club is that Arsenal do want him back next summer. There's no talk of, at the moment, at least over a permanent deal. That could change. Um, Marseille have said they show interest in the idea of having a permanent deal for Saliba at the end of the season. I'm sure if he keeps up his performances in Liga, and there'll be plenty of other teams who will be interested Absolutely. in his signature as well. Having said that, I think for what Mikel Arteta is trying to do at Arsenal, and if I look at what he's invested so heavily in with Ben White. I think Saliba and Ben White are really similar players. I think in terms of the ability to bring the ball out from the back, passing ability, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, not being dribble pass very often. Um, yeah, that's that's very similar. And I really like Rob Holding and I, get, I, I think a lot of people are really harsh on him. But I think as good a player he is and as good a leader he is in that back four and in the squad, He's not as good on the ball as Ben White, and that's the reason Ben White is in the side ahead of him at the minute. And obviously, yeah. also Ben White's been doing pretty well defensively. But I think if Arsenal were to lose Ben White, then they'd sort of have to change the way they play in terms of building up from the back. Whereas if Saliba were to come back, 
then um, they wouldn't have to change the, the way they play. And it will be a really interesting competition between White and Saliba to see who was able to get that spot. So, yeah, I, I think Saliba definitely has a role to play in the Arsenal squad. I, I, I looked at that tackle and it was unbelievable. Normally, I, I think maybe it was Paolo Maldini. He said, uh, if I've had to go to ground, I've made a mistake in the first place. Sort of mm. Positionally, if he's had to go to ground, he meant that he was sort of covering for a mistake he made in the move. That wasn't the case with Saliba. He was goal side. He was doing the right things. Just the back is really fast. quick. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it happens. And Saliba was as quick on the day. And he was mm. able to get back. And if you've got that in your locker, as well as all that ability on the ball that we've seen and the strength and all the qualities that you need to be good in the Premier League, I would really like to see Saliba given a chance next season. I think it would be such a shame if Arsenal spend £27 million on a player who we can all see is really good and to never play him ever yeah. in an Arsenal shirt would be would be a real shame. I don't. Also, he'll only have two years left in this deal um, next season, mm. which means that Arsenal will not be able to get as much money as they probably would have been able to get if they keep him playing for a season and get and sign an extension. So just thinking practically, at the same time, from Saliba's point of view, he wants to be playing. So does he want to come back and sort of be second fiddle to Ben White and fight for that place? If there's no European football for Arsenal next season, we've seen Rob Holding has hardly got any games this season. Pablo Marie has hardly got any games this season. Callum Chambers hasn't even played a minute since August. So you can find yourself a long way off the first team if um, you find yourself second string with no European football. So mm. there's a lot still to happen in that Saliba transfer saga. It was a four, three, four year long transfer saga now that I think it's going to carry on at least till next summer. I am hopeful that he stays and I think most Arsenal fans are hopeful as well. I, I cannot see a window in which there isn't any interest from anyone after the performances he's put in so far this season. And I also, if, if Arteta is still in charge next summer, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility if, a, if an offer came in that they were tempted by that they would, I, I think they would lap it up. To be honest, it's, it's where I see it. Yeah, no, that, that I think I hundred yeah. like percent get what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what we've heard from the club, but I think I can hundred percent see why you would think that, and I can see why people mm. looking from the outside think that Arteta maybe has a bit of an issue with Saliba. Personally, I think sending him alone this season was actually the right thing to do. I agree, yeah. I think he wasn't going to get those minutes that he needs at Arsenal, especially with no Europe. So I think, yeah, that was the decision. Obviously, him, Edu and his agent had those talks at Highbury House before he moved to Marseille. And I'm assuming there would have been some talks about how they plan to use him going forward in the future. Otherwise, Mm. surely that move to Marseille would have been a permanent one. So I I think there's something there still for Saliba at Arsenal. I don't know. I can't tell if it's just hope clouding judgment or anything like that, but yeah, that's 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 what we've heard from the club and that's what we know about the situation. Yeah, of course. Just to provide a bit of context, I think like around the opinion of that, it's, it's around kind of how we've spent obviously £50 million on Ben White. We've got Gabriel is doing really, really well. Saliba, we know, wants to play. And with him not being a player that Mikel Arteta or the current regime signed themselves, it was, was signed under Unai Emery and, and Raul Sanyehi. So... If there was an offer that came in, I, I don't think it's far fetched to suggest that they would consider. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I hundred percent so, get that school yeah. of thought, and I, I see why you've why you've come to that mm. conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping it doesn't happen. Yeah, I agree with you. I I, I want to see him stay. I want to see him get plenty of minutes and, and prove that he deserves to to be in the Arsenal squads. And we know he's got the talent from what we're seeing in uh, in France this season. That's for sure. Anyway, Kai, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. As always, mate. Tell people where they can find you. 
No worries. Um, as you can see on the bottom of the screen there, at Kayakinet97 on Twitter. I'm on Facebook as well, Kayakinet Journalist. And I am on the London website, which is where you can find all my articles and all the other good stuff. Absolutely. You can also watch Kaya's interview with Per Metazeko, as I mentioned, on the Arsenal Way channel. Make sure you check it out if you haven't done so already. And you can see Kaya put through his paces at the Arsenal training ground as well <laughs> in a separate video, which is very entertaining. I can attest to that for sure. You can find myself at Tom Cameron Hanson Media and you can find our Twitter page at the Arsenal Way N5. So make sure you go and check out all of that good stuff too. If you have enjoyed the video, please do drop a like on the show and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show we will see you again tomorrow morning for the arsenal agenda but just to remind you to keep following us down the arsenal way